Hey guys, what's going on? Just a quick announcement before we get into the cast this week. We are going to be switching over the RSS feed for our iTunes page, so it syncs up with our releases on Hipsters of the Coast every Friday. When this does happen, you will need to resubscribe to the iTunes feed for Leaving a Legacy. I'll let you all know when the exact date this happens is, but we want to give you all a heads up so that when it does, you won't miss a single episode of Leaving a Legacy. Thanks again for all your support, and enjoy the show. Magic is power. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jeremy. What's up, man? Oh, uh, not much, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing very well. And we have returning to the cast this week. We have our friend, the Minister of Merit Lage, Tom Hep. What's going on, man? <laughs> That's a first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, did you come up with that on the fly? Uh, no, I mean I wrote it down, but I did come up with that on the fly. Yeah, I wrote did it down so I wouldn't forget. On cards. <laughs> I'm doing much better now after being referred to as that. Yeah, I mean, we will, your collar is in the mail, my friend. Nice. <laughs> um, and, you know, as always, you can find uh, Leaving a Legacy first on hipstersofthecoast.com. Uh, Hipsters of the Coast has tons of free content each week. You know, they cover all the formats, and a lot of it from people you've actually heard on the cast, as, uh, as Jerry can attest to. He, he writes for them every other week. Um, so you can check us out on Hipsters every Friday. And also, if you'd like to support the show please visit patreon.com slash leavinglegacy. Uh, we have some sweet rewards like stickers, uh, shout-outs, playmats, which we just got the uh, the artist proof of, and it is it really just blew me away. Um, Jerry uh, enlisted the help of uh, the proxy guy on Twitter, and he just he did a phenomenal job, Jerry, don't you think? Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Yeah, I can't wait to drop this image. We'll let you guys see them um, when they come in. Uh, so if you want to, like I said, support the show, you can do it for as little as a dollar an episode. And, uh, yeah, anything you throw our way uh, really helps the uh, the show grow and helps us keep bringing you guys content every week. Um, all right, so, you know, every week we like to kind of talk about our weekend legacy. And since I've been working, you know, six days a week for the last, oh, like four or five weeks now, I haven't gotten a chance to play much. Um, but, uh, Jerry, Tom, I, I'm hoping you guys have gotten to play some legacy so you have some stories to uh to entertain us with tonight i'm ashamed of you pat just no legacy at all i know i, I almost i almost just uh was called in sick to this show so i could play a league but <laughs> 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 nothing like lighting 12 tickets on fire you know yeah exactly <laughs> have uh, you ever considered playing in a league while doing this oh man i you know what i can barely like read and talk at the same time i think trying to play magic and and uh, be on the cast would just be. I mean, one one thing would certainly suffer, and I really can't afford to have anything I do suffer much at all. So I don't think it would turn out well for me now. <laughs> I think you need to do a live stream cast all at the same time. I think my head would explode. <laughs> uh, I'll so, do it for you, Pat. Okay, I'll, I'll be the brains. You just be the personality. <laughs> oh man! So Jerry, did you get you play any legacy this week? 
No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> the show is called Leaving Legacy because we're le- literally no. leaving the format behind. <laughs> no, listen, I did a lot of theory crafting in uh, Legacy, and more importantly, I attended a Legacy wedding. That's why I did not play, actually. Oh, a Legacy yes. wedding. Yes, congratulations to Nick and Sierra Wilbur. Uh, they just got married on Saturday, so a uh, bunch of us from the Worcester Boston Legacy community are actually at the wedding. Uh, it was funny; it's, it's, it felt like a GP. There were so many Magic players there. I was looking, <laughs> just looking to see if there was a pairings board behind the punch bowl. <laughs> so, uh, so Nick got married, huh? Yes, yeah. Well, it was thanks. A lovely thanks ceremony. for the invite, you dick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, congratulations to them, man. That's awesome. Did you guys play any did you drafts at all when you were there? <laughs> uh, no, no magic was actually played, but oh. there was magic talked about in the wedding vows. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so, congratulations to them both. Awesome. Uh, how about you, Tom? Did you play any Legacy this week? I've been playing a lot of Legacy recently. Oh, nice. Thank you. Someone's <laughs> that's someone why I saved our segment. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to buy your way on like Celso. <laughs> no now, so you've been playing um uh your your hex depth depth right uh yeah bug depth still yeah it's, bug depths. um it's been very interesting in the last four or five weeks whatever it's been since the top ban the the format is just it's like every deck in existence ever has come out of the woodwork isn't a beautiful um, thing though yeah it's i don't know how long it's gonna stay this way i think a bunch of people are gonna try out their little pet decks and mm-hmm. you know lose a little bit with them and some of it will go away but it's it's been interesting i think i've played like something like close to 40 different decks in online leagues in the four weeks which is a, a nice nice change of pace from what it was so you're saying the time is right for phyrexian dreadnought to come out <laughs> uh i i actually have seen a, a vile deck with dreadnought yes oh a vile dreadnought is excellent <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been hovering around I don't know that it'll, it'll make any waves but people are trying just about everything at the moment when I say excellent I mean awesome not good <laughs> well that's that's like I was uh, uh, the other day on Twitter I said that Mortal Kombat was a good movie and people were saying it's it's an entertaining movie it's a it's a <laughs> it's an awesome movie but it's not but a good it, movie <laughs> isn't that the, if an entertaining awesome movie Seems like a good movie, though. I mean, I agree, right? I didn't say it's, like, one for the ages. It's not something I'm going to lock away in a vault to preserve, your, but, I mean, I'll watch it. Your grandkids won't be in film studies class watching Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Only if they're in great schools. <laughs> so, uh, that movie is very good. So, uh, so Tom, has there been anything um, that really kind of stuck out to you playing in the leagues on Magic Online? Any, oh, any like yeah. major patterns you've seen or uh, really spicy decks you've encountered? Oh yeah, I mean, basically, I think for the first couple of weeks at this point, it's it's been a heavy combo meta, at least online. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in part that's because no one really knows what to do with the um, with the control side for one. With miracles gone, whether there's actually going to be a true control deck, people are trying to figure out stone blade, what color combinations work with that if it works. Um, I think Death and Taxes players are really still trying to figure things out. So I think combo decks in particular, uh, Storm and Sneak and Show, are just trampling on people while they're really trying to figure out what to do with their decks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and Grixis, too. It's, those are the three decks that seem to be doing really, really well consistently. Um, but I've seen all kinds of crazy things. I played 
I mean, it's just great. It's like a sense of discovery. I had a guy start a game with a turn one celestial colonnade, and I just turned my head sideways. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. So, Did he accidentally <laughs> enter his modern deck into a legacy event? <laughs> no, no, no. So I was, so I was like, oh, I don't have a discard spell, so I'm, not, I'm going to have to just figure this out the slow way. So I just played a land pass, and he slammed standstill on turn two. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I'm looking at my hand and I'm like, well, I have multiple thespian stages and five lands. This is going to be really fun. So I got to beat the guy down with the copies of the Celestial Colonnade until eventually <laughs> was, he was forced to swords a colonnade, cracking his own standstill, drawing me a bunch of cards. And it's like, oh, now I have eight lands in play, a bunch of stages, depths. I'm just going to kill him. And he slams humility. So... <laughs> So, so so I'm tutoring for Wasteland, he plays Wasteland, he plays Mishra's Factory, I'm copying Celestial Colonnades, and just goes back and forth, and eventually, after all the Wastelands and lands trade off, a 1-1 textless Hexmage does the last one point of damage to him. <laughs> so I actually played this guy twice, we had like five or six games, and every game was ridiculous like that. there's He played four Humilities in one match against me. So it was very, very, uh, very unique. Uh, I played a Nick Fit guy that was playing Eldritch Evolution, which is a card I've never even seen. Oh, is that That's the like, one from Zendik- from uh, like Return to Zendikar or whatever? Battle for Zendikar? Not sure what set it is, but it's kind of like a weird natural order variant where you can sack a guy and go up to casting costs. Oh yeah, from Eldritch or, Moon. Yeah, less, it's a, it's a yeah. one green green for a sorcery, and you sack a creature. Yes, yeah, so he ended up he ended up chaining. Well, first it was like a veteran explorer into something, and he ended up with a Traxa and Shieldred in play <laughs> <laughs> at various points. And I'm trying to make a marriage, so Shieldred that makes me sacrifice a guy during my upkeep isn't exactly good for my deck. <laughs> um, so, but he actually had multiple, like three needles on every card in my deck. He had a needle on stage, on hex mage. Um, and on Caracas, because I got Caracas out to start bouncing his legendary creatures. And this just went on for, like, I don't even know how many turns, to the point where I manually thawed out of Dark Depths, uh, <laughs> despite, despite... I despite, love that term, thawed out. <laughs> yeah, despite Atraxa having proliferate and adding counters onto it. Oh, man. <laughs> so, I lost track of the, the number of counters that went where, but it was kind of an insane match. Um, so just all sorts of fun stuff. I got to Hex Mage removing their vile counters a couple of times against Death and Taxes when they tried to vile in Flicker Wisp. Fun stuff all around. And you said you've been on a pretty pretty decent tear on Magic Online, right? Like fourteen and one in your last three leagues or something like that. Uh, it was earlier last week, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I think that my deck's I think in a really good position right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of brings us into our main topic, actually, if uh, if we want to get into it now, and it's really just attacking the like the Magic Online meta, and I, I probably to a a greater extent like your local paper meta game um, in the absence of miracles. I think this is kind of a, a great topic because it's become sort of evergreen since the uh, the banning of top, because it really does feel like the wild wild west out there. Um, from what I've seen, um, deck lists that have that have come out. Um, you know, like the 5-0 deck lists that come from Magic Online, and also like when we saw um, Zemet's uh, tournament down in the in uh, well, the St. Louis area or whatever, and also the MKM series. It seems like it's been a lot of decks out there, a lot of uh, innovation, and and just really a, a nice smattering of of decks that we haven't seen in a while. So um, I was I pulled some of the. Uh, 
some of the uh, like the the metagame percentages from uh, Goldfish, but uh, Tom and I were kind of talking before the cast, and it's there's a lot of like inherent issues with trying to pull those numbers, right, Tom? Yeah, I think so. And when you're talking about the MTGO numbers, um, you have people that have eight and nine finishes already mm-hmm. with a couple of decks. So if you're going to pull a percentage, there's only like I think Goldfish had. I think the total was around 200 decks. Mm-hmm. So when you only have 200 finishes total amongst every archetype, and people are putting eight, nine finishes up with Grixis and Storm, uh, the numbers are going to get skewed. Um, yeah. So my experience with what I've actually played in the leagues is a lot different than um, you know those numbers show up because you have a handful of players that are winning a ton of matches, winning a ton of leagues essentially, and kind of skewing it. Yes. And I think a lot of the a lot of the newer decks are kind of people are just trying stuff out, and so I think it's spaced out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we had this conversation before on Twitter too, mm-hmm. uh, where we you know people were talking about oh look at these finishes, Storm and Elves are putting up all these results, the sky is falling, and the way you kind of just have to look at it is that the online meta is also its own self-contained, sometimes incestuous uh, meta in and of itself. So I kind of put the same weight on Magic Online as I do, like, the European meta or the Japanese meta, where it's interesting, you can see things play out, but it doesn't represent legacy as a whole. Right. Uh, th- the, thing, the thing that sticks out with me, too, with the Magic Online meta is that, like, Death and Taxes is pretty absent from the decks that you see on there just because of how restrictive it is to get into uh, copies of um, Rashad Import. And so I think uh, we don't see nearly as many of those decks that you'd see in paper. It really is, like, it has different constraints than the paper metagame does, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Tom, I mean, I know it's kind of anecdotal, but tell me what you've seen um, just through you playing leagues. Um, it's been about, there's been a lot of Grixis, a lot of a lot of Delver in general. I think about, um, in a little over 100 matches since the ban, I think, that all, if you combine all the Delvers, it's been about a quarter of my matches. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, that's like five different decks when you're talking about Blue Red, Bug, Grixis, um, Four Color, and I've even seen some of the Jeskai versions floating around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of, a lot of Delver, um, maybe like 10% Storm, about the same sneak and show, and then it's just a smattering of everything else. There's like, I've played Elves a bunch, uh, Reanimator a bunch, um, but, you know, everything else is kind of, like, spread out across the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the, the ones that we saw from, from Goldfish, and again, these are really not worth a whole lot. We see Grixis in first place, uh, followed by Sp- Storm, Bug Delver, Sneak and Show, Elves, Blue Red, Check Pile, and also, like, Mono Red. But, I mean, that goes down to, like, 3% of the meta, so that's really not that much. So it looks like Storm and Grixis are taking up a pretty significant chunk of the the online metagame, so we have, like, the grindy grindy type of Delver deck, Delver deck, and then we have, you know, your your fast combo deck. Um, so, Tom, I'm, I know you're playing, uh, you know, Bug Depths. What do you think is kind of like the... If you're going to come into Magic Online and you're going to play any deck you want, like, where do you think you're coming into that to take advantage of where the metagame is right now? Um... I think Grixis is actually a really good deck, but if you want to avoid playing like one of the top decks and you're looking for something to attack the top decks, um, I'm biased, so I obviously choose to play my own. But <laughs> outside of that, I think I would probably try and mess around with Bug Delver a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it can be pretty much... It's, it's a flexible deck, mm-hmm. and I think it can 
it can be tuned to beat basically anything you want to beat. I think Discard in particular is a lot better than it was with Top Gone. Um, so him at Torax, just a really strong card. Uh, I think that's where I would start if I wanted to have a decent combo matchup while still having game against the Faradex. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Jerry? Where do you think like you see the weak spots in this in this meta game right now? Um, we are still in the early stages, so running linear, powerful, aggressive combo and just like all-out aggressive decks like uh, Blue Red Delver, I I think are going to be really popular uh, and really powerful for probably just about until Vegas. And I would say by the time we hit Vegas, the meta will have sorted itself out a bit more, probably is going to slow down a bit more as people find the control deck that they want to play That's that matches up well against the other decks. And also just, I think these three-color uh, strategies like Bug Leovold, uh, the new Esper Deathblades that are becoming more and more popular... Um, I think they're going to get on a bit more stable footing, get their final list work at, uh, worked out, get their percentages up, and uh, they're going to start taking over a, a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, GP Vegas, I think, is going to be really interesting because it's going to sh- tell us, uh, you know, it's it's going to set the tone for how the meta is going to shape out for probably the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think we're going to see like a true control deck now that with you know now that we have miracles out of the format, like? Something maybe not as powerful or as oppressive as Miracles, but do you think that there's one out there? I think we already found it, Pat. Okay. Take a look at this link I just dropped in uh, the Skype chat. This came in third place at a GPT for Vegas, and it is the spiciest deck I have seen in a long time. Oh, this is and so that is ugly. Something. <laughs> so <laughs> ugly. <laughs> No, ugly. It's beautiful, Pat. So this this deck is called Moxon and Planeswalkers, uh, piloted by C.T. Barnum. It's um, like it's like a mutation off of Tesserator. Oh man. Okay, so eighteen lands and four Mox diamonds. <laughs> Third place. Uh, did uh, 27, 27 players though. Yeah, I, I okay. So I guess we can run down this deck real quick. I don't know if it's worthwhile, but oh, not? what a deck! It's uh, hilarious. I love right. it. So let's look at the let's look at the land suite first, since this is just an absolute shit show. Uh, so there's <laughs> one ancient den. I, I don't the know why they're running an ancient den. I don't know why they're. I mean, maybe uh, because it's an artifact. I'm we'll assuming. get to it. No, Tezzeret. Yeah, right. Artifact. Yeah, so Ancient Tomb, four of those. Three Dust Bowl, which I didn't even realize was a card. Uh-huh. Oh my god, three Dust Bowl in an 18-land deck? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dust Bowl is a land, tap for a colorless, or pay three and tap, sacrifice a land, destroy target non-basic land. <laughs> well, look, you, you can discard extra Dust Bowls to Mox Diamond. Yeah, <laughs> those lands you don't want. <laughs> I mean, Dust Bowl used to be a lot more popular in the old days. It was a staple in the Esper control decks. Um, it's really kind of fallen off, out of popularity just because it's it's such a grind fest. The game needs to go real long for Dust Bowl to really do its thing. Mm-hmm. But three of them in an 18-land deck. I have, <laughs> did not expect that. <laughs> um, he's also running uh, four Glimmer Void, one Great Furnace, uh, which is another artifact land that creates red, Two Inventor's Fair out of Kaladesh, 
Well, I'm going to read this because I'm assuming most people don't know what it does, because I certainly don't know. Um, it's a legendary land. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more artifacts, you gain one life. You can tap to add a colorless to your mana pool. Four, and a, tap it and, uh, So pay four, tap, sacrifice Inventor's Fair, search your library for an artifact card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Activate this ability only if you control three or more artifacts. Um, also, one copy of Caracas, one copy of Seat of the Synod, and... One Vault of Whispers. Um, <laughs> getting into the creature package. What? We, jeez, that was just the lands. <laughs> okay, so getting into the creature package. Uh, three Avon Mind Sensor. Two Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fourth. Which <laughs> it's I, a again, commander deck. <laughs> again, I didn't realize that was a card. Um, oh, that's a very powerful commander. Um, you clearly don't play enough EDH, Pat. <laughs> that just basically has a. Um, what was like the what were the the uh what the fuck were they they were in tempest they were the car like the the artifacts that basically discounted oh, the your fa- white familiars the not the familiars they were in they were in tempest they were artifacts though it was like yeah uh, I, I know there was the grixis zombies zombie was like one in a black for a one one and it's like your blue and red spells cost one less to play is that what you're thinking of no these were actual artifacts I can't remember what they were no, called. Then. They were just artifacts. They weren't creatures. Anyway, it doesn't. It, it's irrelevant. It just <laughs> discounts your white, blue, and uh, it discounts your white and blue spells and taxes uh, your opponent. Um, three copies of Lodestone Golem, three Notion Thief, four copies of Days Undoing, uh, which a card I've played with I wasn't <laughs> impressed with, but sure. <laughs> it's a Wheel of Fortune in blue. <laughs> uh, four Chrome Mocks. Um, and then they get into the Planeswalkers, two Johnny Vengeant, two Dak Faden, two Duretti, Ingenious Iconoclast, uh, let's see, one Nahiri the Harbinger, two Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas, uh, two Ensnaring Bridge, two Giripur Aether Grid, which is an uncommon from Kaladesh, um, four Lotus Petal, four Mox Diamond, three Mox Opal. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> I did not see the Aether Grid. Yeah. That's like a draft that's like a draft card. <laughs> two and a red for an enchantment. Tap two untapped artifacts you control. It deals one damage to target creature or player. <laughs> I mean, that's super powerful in like a Tesserator deck, but man, that is digging deep in the bargain bin. Yeah. Uh, it- this is an interesting. What do you think of this deck, Tom? I don't even know what to say about it right now. Well, while you while you were going through the list, I was actually um, just kind of just eyeballing it across. This has actually got something going on that I, that I kind of like. It's literally got 15 artifact mana accelerants. So, and then it's got the ancient tombs on top of that. So it's basically slamming a taxing effect or a bomb on turn one or turn two every game. It's oh, either yeah. going to be sl- it's either going to be slamming one of these planeswalkers on turn one or two, or it's going to be slamming a grand arbiter or a lodestone golem. And absent that, it's going to it's going to cast days undoing, which is going to it's going to dump its entire hand on the table, and then it's going to reload and draw seven new cards. Um, given certain draws, this could beat the living crap out of a lot of decks. It looks like like there's yeah. there's a lot of decks a lot of decks that would just scoop to some of these openings, um, but it seems. Really, really high variance. (laughs) (laughs) I like the day. I mean, I guess the days I'm doing makes a lot of sense when you can cast the three drop after you vomit all your moxin from your hand on turn one. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's not really all that different from a lot of the mono red decks that run around that are just 
playing an artifact accelerant and an ancient tomb or a city traders and slamming blood moon and slamming another big card they're just running different they're just running different bombs they have a bunch of taxing effects that are all seven and then a bunch of planeswalkers instead he's also running uh three chalice on the sideboard uh a crucible of worlds two containment priests so uh two humility um i don't know why he's not running the chalice main I would love to see Chalice main. Yeah, but maybe he doesn't have... What is he going to do? Re- remove the Notion Thief, Jerry? What is he going to do there? Come on. <laughs> you can't take out Notion Thief. I think thief. you could probably trim a Notion Thief, and I think I'd rather Chalice over even Mind Sensor. Like, even Mind Sensor's good, but Chalice is Chalice. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I suppose. Oh, man, this but, is... But think of... You're cutting yourself off the lines, though. Imagine you, you open with Mox Diamond, Petal, Mox Opal, Land, Pass... The opponent has no idea what's going on. They decide they need to brainstorm on turn one. You flash in Notion Thief. If Chalice of the Void's in play, you can't make that line. Why can't... Uh, oh, because they won't saying, cast the brainstorm. Uh, Shuts off your Notion Thief. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> like, I know you're being facetious, but that's actually a legitimate point with this crazy deck. <laughs> Uh, I guess, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I guess if you're going for the lulls, leave the chalice in your sideboard. I mean, if you're trying to get them with three main deck notion thieves, you gotta, you gotta go all the way. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Just decks really hoping for uh turn one brainstorm or ponder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This deck is, uh, this deck is something. Yes. Speaking of which, I did brainstorm into a Leobold for the first time in my life this week. That does not <laughs> like, feel good. Don't feel like, bad. intentionally, or do they flash it in? No, no, they they put it in, and I just looked at it, and I was like, ah, oh, that doesn't matter. I'm going to kill I, him, because I already had the combo in hand. And I'm like, well, do I need to dig for one more piece of protection? Maybe. And then I got myself off into the thought process that I forgot it was sitting there. And then I killed myself by brainstorming my whole hand onto the top of my deck. Awesome. <laughs> it, it, I tell you, the blinders go on. You just forget about that vi- uh, ability. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm just looking at the combo and then I'm like, well, I have a 2020 flyer. I don't care about Leobold. <laughs> <laughs> just sit there. That's fine. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe this is the control deck we're going to see, Jerry. We're going to see this pile take it over. <laughs> maybe it's going to take the place now. of. Uh... It's going to take this the is, place of Mr. Consistent Miracles. This is, this is not a control deck. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a combo deck. Decks <laughs> that dump their whole hand on turn one to cast Days Undoing are not control decks. It's a combo deck that then takes enough turns to be considered a control deck to win. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, its win conditions are tapping artifacts to ping their opponent. Or like a Johnny Vengeance, <laughs> just oh man, why Nahiri? Like, what are they finding with the Nahiri Ultimate? I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they need to throw a one of Emrakul in to pair with that Nahiri. <laughs> is it just for the minus ability? Like, may I must be just the removal is that good? The filtering is really good too, and a deck yeah. that probably draws Mox Diamonds off the top with no lands. Mm-hmm. So, this uh, that's true. Something. This is something. I've played against already once. It was like uh, GP Columbus. It was like one of my last rounds. That's not a fun card to play against. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't I, like I like I like that card. Goblin <laughs> Welder on a Planeswalker. Yeah, 
<laughs> I can't. Ima- I can't imagine how tilted I would be to play against this deck in game one and then get sanctum prelated in game two. I would not see that coming after boarding. Oh, this, that's the other Doretti. I was thinking of the four drop Doretti. That, that's the red and black Doretti. Oh, this Doretti is cool. I don't know why this doesn't see more play. Uh, so this Doretti is the one black red. Uh, it's pl- it comes in with three loyalty. Put a it's plus one is put a pl- uh, put a one one colorless construct artifact creature token with defender on the battlefield. For this. So that's not great. But I guess it works well with uh, something like Tezzeret, right? Well, it's, it's next ability is minus one, sacrifice an artifact, destroy target artifact or creature. Right. And then it's minus six, choose an artifact card in the graveyard or artifact on the battlefield, put three tokens that are copies of it onto the battlefield. So I guess you can, like, copy your Lodestone Golem. Seems good. Yeah, that seems good. I mean... I think it's some Doretti decks can go off on the Goblin Welder uh, idea. Just putting in 1-1 one, one artifacts into play is surprisingly useful. There are a lot of uh, kind of combos that can interact with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually saw this card in like a four-color Tesserator kind of deck that had the Thopter Sword combo, and Doretti's really good with the Thopter Foundry. Yeah, you can just use that to start the chain going. Yep. Okay, all right, so so uh, I guess you can bring Moxon and Planeswalkers to your Magic Online event if you want to spike it, right, Jerry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I just think this, 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 this deck looks cool. I, I think this deck could go somewhere. You know, yeah, maybe not top super, eight of a Pro Tour or anything like that, but somewhere. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> if, I had, if I had Mox Opals, I'd run this through a league. I'm not paying $150 to... Try this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, tell me about it. I, I want to play the As Foretold Show and Tell deck online, but I have all the cards except for Ancestral Visions, and Ancestral Visions are like three quarters of the value of the deck by itself. Oh, they're like $60, $70 online. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, you, like, I can only bring myself so far to pay money for a cardboard. <laughs> I can't go that much further to bring myself to pay for cardboard uh, that is digital and not even physical. So what's your ceiling? How much would you pay for a card? Like a digital card? Yes, a digital card. Like 10, 15 bucks. All right. Visions Visions looks like it's down a a shade around 40 bucks, a little under 40, 30 something. Oh, come down. Jerry we'll just has there. to wait till his mattress is a little too lumpy with $100 bills. He'll pull a couple out and put <laughs> it into Magic Online. Have a mattress. Do you know how inefficient it is to store money in mattresses? You can get a much better rate on the market. Come on, Jerry, Matt. it's not about efficiency. It's about luxury. <laughs> uh, yeah, my gold-plated toilets and uh, <laughs> just the top top of Trump Tower. <laughs> so, So we're thinking that that right now the best decks to play in here are the fastest combo deck, you know, going the biggest combo deck, or something like Grixis, which is just kind of has game against a lot of decks in the format. I wouldn't say the fastest combo deck because I wouldn't advocate for running Belcher. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> Actually, our friend Joe did just uh, top, what was it, like top eight or top four an event with Belcher after mm-hmm. have, showing up late and having to take a concession <laughs> round one. He then went undefeated for the rest of the tournament. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a story that'll beat that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, last year I went to one of the 
uh, turtle extravaganza, like 1K or 2Ks, I forget what they were, but it was up in uh, North Jersey in Tojit. And uh, I hit traffic, so I ended up being like 20, 25 minutes late. So they're like, do you want to enter with a round one loss? I'm like, all right, fine. So I won the rest of my matches until the last round. So I was playing what I thought was a winning in, and I lost a really close game three. So a couple of my friends were actually staying there, and one of them made the top eight. So I was like, oh, let me know how it goes. So I left, and it turns out that basically they had a screw-up with the tiebreakers. Um, their tiebreaker system didn't recognize that I had a loss in round one, even though it gave me a round one loss because I didn't have an opponent. So when they posted the breakers on there, they had like a TV breaker thing that they posted up. It had me as 100% breakers or much higher breakers and being undefeated type of thing. So one person that maybe didn't need to play ended up playing <laughs> and lost. And I made the top eight as the eighth seed, but I was driving home when my friend called me to let me know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. So that's one that's one of my favorite all-time. I'm assuming you didn't make it to top eight. <laughs> but no, they ended up um, a burn. A burn player ended up finishing ninth. So what they did was they just shifted him up a slot, and he played the one seed in the top eight. Oh, yeah, they, my friend was like, "They're calling your name for top eight in a text." And I'm like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> so, that was good times. That that is. That sucks. <laughs> I'd be so pissed if that was me. At the time, it sucked, but now I think it's hysterical. Every time yeah. I tell the story, I have a big smile on my face. <laughs> all right, all right. So I guess I, you know, the like the Magic Online meta game and just kind of the Legacy meta game, uh, in to a greater extent, is something that we're just going to keep an eye on for the next few months, I guess, until we see GP Vegas. And I don't even know if that's really a good indicator as to where we're going because gps can be just i don't know i guess i guess the ones that benefit the most are the most consistent decks i guess is that is that kind of where you guys see that going like yeah well just like the decks that don't get too fancy for their own good basically yeah like people are unstable no need to show off just you know drive drive the win home I mean, I'm not going to take my own advice. I'm getting fancy as fuck over here. But. <laughs> Are you going to Vegas now, Jerry? <laughs> I can't. Uh, the entire wedding, everyone was just saying, oh, so you going to Vegas? Oh, so you quitting your job and going to Vegas? <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with uh, I agree with what Jerry just said. Yeah. I think running a super powerful, consistent deck is the way to go. Whether that's like a Grixis Delver or a Sneak and Show or whatever you're most comfortable with, and you know, play the best because the metagame is so wide right now with people running everything. It's I don't know if I was trying to tune a control deck right now, even if one's viable in the format. How can you prepare for like the the, the huge disparity in the decks that you're never into. It would be a nightmare, like right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like one thing when you know three quarters of the time you're going to face one of four or five different decks. But when there's like when you go to sit down for Vegas for rounds one, two, and three, and you know you could literally play against forty different decks, I mean that's that's got to be a control player's nightmare. I I wouldn't want any part of that. I would just want something <laughs> consistent and powerful, and you know, hope yeah. you get through the hope you get through the early rounds and then start to see more. Uh, more familiar territory there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, riffing off of that, it's you'll do better if you don't care what your opponent's doing. You know, there's no predicting what you're going to run into in the next couple tournaments, so you might as well just focus on what you're doing and just do it before your opponent can have a response. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see Adrian show up at the top tables with some tin fins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With uh, Deathrite Shaman being the one of the top played cards, I don't know that I want to be running a graveyard deck unless it's yeah. a turn, unless it's always a turn one graveyard deck or Chancellor type of thing. Yeah, I think Chancellor is super powerful right now too. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see, we'll <laughs> see. Um, all right, so uh, the other thing we kind of want to talk about this week, and this I think this actually got announced the day after we recorded last week. So I think people, a lot of people probably know about it, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it on on the uh, on the cast yet. Was the uh, the announcements to the Magic Online format challenges? Um, and Lee Sharp wrote an article for Wizards. Um, and kind of the big news for us is that the Legacy Challenge, which was every four weeks, if I'm not mistaken, and it was on Saturdays, um, is now going to be every week um, on Sundays at 8 a.m. Pacific. So that's what 11 a.m. Eastern. And uh, I think what the, the best part about this, besides the fact that it's every week, because I could very rarely make um, very rarely make it on a Saturday, basically never, because of my job. Um, now on Sundays, that's that's my consistent day off, so that's pretty awesome. But the other kind of bonus here is that the prize payout is significantly better. And as someone who's played in quite a few of these, Tom, can you tell us about what the prize structure was like prior to this? Yeah, I think I played in three of them since they since they instituted them. And the prizes were, I don't know, scattershot is the best way to describe it. Like, it was literally 9th through 32nd got their entry fee back, which is crazy because that's, you know, basically 9th is essentially the same record as usually two or three people that made the top eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're getting basically the play. And you finish 32nd, which on some months they would have like 60, 70 players where, where someone would literally go three and three and get that spot. So, you know, it was basically didn't really reward performance. People would literally a two loss difference in record would be getting the same thing, which essentially is, Hey, you got to play a digital game for a few hours. Um, and then yeah, you earn the right to not pay us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I finished, I think like ninth and 12th or something like that. in two of them, um, and I forget what the other, the, the top, and top eight and one of the other ones. And it was literally just your entry fee. It's, it's kind of like, you know, seven rounds usually, so you sat there for seven hours and played. No, I didn't have to pay you. Like, it's fun to play Legacy and all, but you want to feel like, like, you go 3-2 in a league, you at least get a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. So, even if that doesn't feel like a great result, you, you got something. Or just getting play points back just, just feels kind of awful for a ninth. Like, ninth place doesn't feel bad enough um, in a tournament that usually gets 70 to 100 players. Ninth place and breaking even feels really bad. Yeah. Um, and then even the top eight was just ran- it was just a random assortment of cards. Like, yeah, I had to like it took me ten minutes to sift through my collection to pull out the cards the one time for the top eight just to sell them because they're just cards you would never need. Like, here's a random stifle. You know, here's a random daze. Um, just one of all these cards. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just didn't particularly care for the prize structure. And now it seems like. Not only did they jack it across the board as far as EV, but like 9th through 16th now gets more than their entry fee plus 10 treasure chests. Mm-hmm. Um, and the treasure chests, assuming the value holds at least, 
Um, it's just a one shot. You go in your collection, you know, add all the binder and then, you know, trade them off as opposed to having to fish for eight or 16 or however many cards mm-hmm. um, they give you for the tournament. So what's the EV on treasure chest right now? Like if I wanted to trade them into a bot, what, what do you expect back in ticks? Um, I think the sell or the buy price for bots was two and change. Okay. It was around 250 for a while. I think it's been the last couple of times I've sold them. It's been around like 225, 235, something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, so, so that's, I mean, that's not bad. Like first place getting 500 play points, which is entry into two more events like this size, um, a hundred treasure chests, which at like, at, even at two ticks, a treasure chest is pretty decent payout. Um, and you also get a, a non-foil set of the most recent standard legal set, um, plus six QPs, which I don't, I don't know how many, like how many people are into the, like the qualifier points. It's not something that I ever really worry about, but. I guess you'd have to win an event to worry about QP, so maybe it's just not. <laughs> maybe I don't have to worry about because I'm not getting them. But um, no, you don't. You don't have to win an event to get a QP. You can go four four one in a league and gets a QP. Yeah, well, that's that's like winning it to me. So um, <laughs> uh, second place gets 500 play points, 75 treasure chests, and five QPs, uh, and it just kind of scales down from there. But like like you were saying, I mean, fifth through eighth getting you know 400 play points, 25 chests, three QPs, and then. 9th through 16th, getting, you know, back more than their play points they entered, plus 10 treasure chests, and 17th through 32nd, getting back the play point, um, they're basically getting back their entry fee. That seems like a a much better payout than there was in the past, and getting the treasure chests as, like, them being able to release cards, I think, like, cards like Leovold, cards that are in commander sets are in treasure chests along with other, other items, so it seems like this is a good way for them to also just get more treasure chests opened or at least into the into the like into the atmosphere there so that we can get access to these cards i, I guess it's like a win-win there uh depends on your point of view i mean yeah. people that already have large established collections may not uh really appreciate the large-scale dumping of extra copies of their cards if the player base stays the same sure it's it's you know as people are getting into the system that's great drive the prices down uh, as long as the corresponding increase in players comes along with it Mm -hmm. so not to go too on too much of a tangent tom like so you have you have a decent sized magic online collection uh yeah how much how much is the value of that like how much does that concern you like let's say Let's say it took like a 10% hit overnight. Would that be a big deal for you? Like, would you feel real upset about it? Or is it just one of those things you accept as being, as it being a digital object, it really has no intrinsic value? Uh, no, I mean, I don't think I would care one way or another. I mean, ideally, the prices going down would bring along with it more players. Mm-hmm. But the number of players in the Legacy Leagues has been floating between, depending on the events coming up, anywhere from... You know, roughly 300 players to 500 players it hasn't really moved off of those numbers much. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you'd want it to bring in more players, ideally. Um, but if my collection lost a bunch of value now, I mean, if I came at it from a different perspective, maybe. I mean, my collection is basically came from playing my deck. The only investment I made was a few, like two and a half years ago, I bought my deck when I first got on. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything else I have is just from just accumulating stuff through playing for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, and that's been enjoyable to me. So it's kind of like a free roll. Yep. So even if it disappeared overnight, I still had a blast playing in the leagues and, you know, getting to play legacy and testing for events and that sort of thing. Meeting people through magic online at tournaments is always fun. Um, and not to mention the fact that anybody that's putting too much 
value on here where they would be upset over losing it isn't paying enough attention because they have some kind of new system coming out. Um, how that'll affect MTGO, I don't have any idea. Yeah, Digital um, Next, is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah. Yeah. I know a couple of players recently had their accounts hacked oh, um, yeah. and all their cards oh, yeah. stolen, which is, you know, basically it's just a single password. There's no like two factor or anything like that. So there's really, the security is kind of a joke, and they've known about it for a long time. They don't do anything about it. So The other issue, too, is that like, there's no like there's no timeout on like on getting your password. So, like, I can enter my password a thousand times incorrectly. It's never going to say, it's never going to, like, let me take five attempts and then put me on, like, a 30-minute cooldown, then another four missed attempts, and you're on, like, a 24-hour cooldown or whatever. It's just like, no, you can just keep running, like, random random just keystrokes into brute, it. and Brute force it. Yep, exactly. My- my biggest problem with it is one half of your secure login is your username, and your username to log in is the same username as in-game, and they post the winning deck lists every week. That's a great so, point, Jerry. That's a great <laughs> not point. Only, yeah, not only can, is it easy access for people to see one half of what the password, of what the access is, they also get a shopping list of what they can aim to steal. They can specifically target the decks with the highest values and brute force those passwords in order to gain access. Yeah, posting the decks, posting the decks isn't even the worst part. The worst part is on the client. When you open your league, you can sort it by um, number of undefeated trophies or however they title it. So you can literally sort it and you'll have the top 15, 20 people that have, you know, five owed. Like right now, the league's still young. So nine times, eight times, seven times. Like you would literally have, a, you don't even have to go in and sort through the deck lists and find expensive. You can go, oh, this guy five owed nine times in four weeks. There's your target. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah, it's kind of so, insane. Hopefully they step up the, the security on Magic Online. They, it seems like they're pretty responsive to people's criticisms and suggestions so maybe that'll be the next big push they make uh, this this one players have been pushing they've been pushing for this for a while really Um, even some prominent streamers like rich rich shay is he basically one of his uh forget whether it's his doctor one of his degrees essentially is in security and he wrote a thesis on it and he's been talking about it on a stream for as long as i can remember and Rich Shea is they, actually someone we should have on because uh, he is a uh, local player. Uh, he's a nice guy. Yeah. We got to get him on to talk about some security features. <laughs> I, I don't want to be there for that episode. I'm sure he's nice, but I can't talk about that for an hour, man. And then we're going to talk about taxes. <laughs> don't worry, Pat. You don't you don't have to do it live. He, okay. his, his thesis is, is – well, I'll get you a link. Oh, so you can read it. You can read it in your spare time. Oh boy, great, awesome! Nothing I like doing better in my spare time than reading a doctoral thesis. Well, then you'll be prepared. Don't you want to prepare for the podcast? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm the newbie. I don't have to prepare anything. I just have to come in with dumb questions and uh, and, and throw you guys some softballs, let you guys crush them out of the park, and uh, then I make some ridiculous statements that people call me out about on Twitter and Facebook. It's great. <laughs> you really live, live a charmed life. It's pretty amazing, man. It's great. And I'm sitting here with no pants on, so it's like a win-win, win-win-win. Win-win-win? <laughs> I, and I swear to God that is 100% a true story, so yeah, it's great. Life is good, man. Oh, man. All right, well, was well, there anything else you guys wanted to cover this week? I, I know we got into uh, into the, the metagame a little bit, and uh, hopefully I'll be streaming again this week. I'm going to try to stream uh, Wednesday night since we got to record a little early this week freeze up my time a little bit so uh 
Maybe we can get some, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe Tom and I can get together again. I don't know what you're doing this week, Tom, but I, we've been trying to get together to do a, uh, a Bug Deaths stream. I would love to do that. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, no, I thought we were going to stream the Mox Diamond deck. Oh, the Mox. <laughs> <laughs> Moxes and Planeswalkers, Planeswalkers and Moxes. <laughs> It's the greatest. Uh, yes, it's something all right. It's something all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, um, <laughs> what's that, Tom? I was going to say, I think around Thursday if you want to try it. Uh, yeah, actually, my, my work schedule just got switched around on Thursday, so that would that would probably work. Be a good time. All right, awesome. So, well, before we get out of here, um, Tom, if someone wanted to contact you and talk to you about your deck, which we've done a deck tech on and was really well received, and I think... I think I'd actually like to go back again and talk about it, maybe once we get a chance to play it together, because I think we have a really good discussion about the deck. Um, but if someone's talked to you about Bug Depths or just uh, you know Magic in general, where can they find you, man? Uh, assuming anyone's still listening after your no pants comment. Um... <laughs> actually, that, that brings the that brings the listeners, man. That brings the listeners. Does it? No. Does it? They wait. No. 50, they wait fifty some minutes to hear that. And then they're <laughs> stoked. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's a big payoff, huh? It That's is. right. That's right. For all the real, the real fans still listening. Yeah, for anybody still listening that actually cares, um, I guess you can uh, reach me at Tom Epp on Facebook or Negator77 on Moto, The Source, um, Twitch, places like that. Mm-hmm. You gotta just get on Twitter, man. You gotta be on Twitter. What's so great about Twitter other than killing time? That, touche. That's true. I mean, it's a great time waster. I don't know. I, I enjoy Twitter. You get you get to talk to all these people you wouldn't normally... Our playmat would not exist if it were not for Twitter. That's true. That, was a genuine, that wasn't sarcasm. That was a genuine question. It does give me a chance to network with people that I wouldn't normally get a chance to talk to. Um, other like content creators that I'm a big fan of. I've had a chance to talk to on Twitter who I wouldn't have gotten a chance to talk to in other places because some people are, like, much more private. Like, I, I let a few Magic people, like, like I'll, like friend me on Facebook, but for the most part, I keep those pretty separate. But Twitter, for me, is, like, all that stuff is in the open. So, I you know, I, that's that's where I do most of my Magic stuff, except for the, you know, with the, with, with the exception of, like, the Facebook page, you know, which is all, all MTG, but... Are you um, trying to say you're embarrassed of your magic friends? No, no, no. That's not what it is. It's just I actually just don't like Facebook in general. Like I only have like, like I don't know. I've pared down my friends list from like many, many, many when I was in college to like under 250 now, and I I, I continually just pare it down until it will be just me and like very, very few people. Just I, just, I don't know, man. I just, I just can only see so many Donald Trump posts like in a week, and like I just can't I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore, so it's just uh, I just keep paring it down. But um, I don't know. I, I like to my like official magic page. Like I exclusively look at magic content on Facebook now. Yeah, yeah. I, I most of my time is spent on the Facebook page, which again is still, which is like it's reached like the tipping point where it just keeps growing exponentially. I don't know what happened, but we're <laughs> hovering around like a certain amount of members for the longest time, and all of a sudden we just started like I don't know. It, we just started adding like twenty people a week. It's been kind of crazy. So. When did that start? Um, like I don't know, a month, maybe a month ago, Jerry, maybe two months ago. Wasn't that the episode you weren't on, and then Probably, it yeah. was the best? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, well, Jerry, if someone... <laughs> what's that, Tom? 
<laughs> I was gonna say it might have something to do with the Miracles band too. <laughs> that's possible. Uh, that's possible. That's true. It's yeah. possible. I noticed. I noticed there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more people on the Legacy Reddit page. There's a ton more activity on the source. So I think a lot of people kind of came out of the, came back into the fold a little bit I love when it. that happened. I love it. Um, all right, Jerry. So if someone want to get a hold of you, where can they find you, man? Besides uh, stalking you on your Facebook page. I'm on the Facebook groups. I'm in so many of them. Uh, <laughs> we got a new budding one with the blue-green show and told, the sassy sister of show and tell. Uh, that, that one's starting up. I'm also all over Twitter, at Jamie3rd, and you can find me on Hipsters every other Tuesday. <laughs> awesome. And uh, you can find me at Pat Eagle on Twitter. You can find me uh, on the Leaving Legacy Facebook page as well. Um, twitch.tv slash Pat Eagle. I haven't streamed in a few weeks, but hopefully be back to it again this week now that my work schedule has uh, worked it, worked its worked its way out or whatever. Um, you can find the show again uh, on Facebook, uh, Hipsters of the Coast on Fridays, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're on Patreon. That'll be in the show notes as well and all that stuff. Um, all right, so let's get into some scoops before we do the dice game. Uh, the ones I wanted to kind of thank right off the top are newest supporters on Patreon this week, Anthony Aguilar and Stuart Ziarnik. Thank you very much for your support, guys. Jerry, who do you want to scoop into Top 8 this week? Oh, well, I want to scoop in Tom for also still letting me borrow Sneak and Show. It's uh, it's quite good in this meta, I'm told. So <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be able to run it online. <laughs> Uh, look, I'm diversifying my security risk by shipping cards to other people's <laughs> accounts. <laughs> he's from, he, he's he's hit too many wins on the leagues. He needs to protect himself. <laughs> I I am more than happy to be your escrow agent. <laughs> works for both of us. There we go. Uh, what about you, Tom? Uh, I don't screw people in anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like that cool guy who doesn't look at explosions when walking away. He's a man, he's a man after Frankie's heart, man. He's a man after Frankie's heart. Okay, you want, you want the top eight? You got to earn it. <laughs> no mercy. Exactly. All right. Awesome. Um, all right, so, uh, Jerry, you got a, uh, a die to roll, my friend? I do. We got... Number 13. Ooh, lucky 13. Lucky 13. Uh, Ryan Gosin. This is like his second one. He's a lucky guy. Uh, <laughs> my United States of whatever by that nerdy white dude. And I don't know if that nerdy white dude is an artist's name or he's just like generically calling someone that nerdy white dude. But If it is the artist's name, I feel that's what the artist was going for. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Awesome. All right, so I guess we'll play this song? Question mark? i would put it into google to see if this is an actual artist but i don't want to know what the search results are don't do that (laughs) don't do that (laughs) you have an extensive magic online collection you can't allow your computer to be subjected to uh to you'll go on like an nsa hack list yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're all there already anyway there we go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> awesome alright well Tom thanks for hanging out again this week really appreciate it uh, you know you're always welcome to come back anytime it's fun again I enjoyed awesome. it <laughs> Jerry play us out with something sweet I guess <laughs> <laughs> it better not suck if it sucks I'm gonna remove all of Ryan's other posts in that thread whatever
I went down to the beach and saw Kiki. She was all like, eh, and I'm like, whatever. Whatever. Then this chick comes up to me and she's all like, hey, aren't you that dude? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So later, I'm, I'm at the pool hall, and this girl comes up, and she's all like, uh, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Cause this is my United States of whatever. And this is my United States of whatever. And this is my United States of whatever. And then it's 3 a.m., I'm on the corner wearing my leather. This dude comes up and he's like, hey, punk. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> then I'm throwing dice in the alley. Officer Leroy comes up and he's like, hey, I thought I told you. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> then up comes Zaffo. I'm like, yo, Zaffo, what's up? He's like, Dud. I'm like, that's cool. Because this is my United States of 